thank you for joining me on Humanities Radio. I'm Jana Cunningham with the University of Utah College of Humanities. And today I'm speaking with Sam Smith, a student currently living in the Humanities House here on campus. Sam is minoring in Portuguese and Brazilian studies and majoring in applied mathematics. He's joining me today to talk about his experience as a U student and to give a little advice for incoming and new students. Let's begin with why you chose the U in general. The U has always been kind of an obvious choice for me. Uh, we were discussing before we started, and uh, I can bring it up again here. I've kind of grown up at the U my entire life. Uh, when I was growing up, until about the age of four, my parents and I all lived here together in married student housing. I was able to spend a lot of time on campus throughout the years doing different activities and different things for my parents' jobs. And so when it came to apply for colleges at the end of my high school career, uh, I applied for a lot of different schools, but I kind of always knew that the U was where I wanted to be. It was uh, competitively one of the best programs for my major in the entire country. Uh, it was a school that I knew I could not only get into, but thrive at. And then it just led to a lot of opportunities that I wouldn't have had in other places because of the familiarity I already had. It's almost like you're a returning student to oh, the yes. U. <laughs> oh, yes. Let's talk about your major for a minute. So what made you decide on applied mathematics? And did you know that was going to be your major when you uh, applied to the U? That's a great question. Um, it wasn't clear when I applied that applied mathematics was where I was going to start. Uh, when I started back at the U uh, in 2017, um, I had already gone to the U for a couple years before taking some classes while I was in high school, and I knew mathematics was where I wanted to go. Um, but I took a two-year break and came back, and when I came back, I was like, you know what? I've always loved physics. Let's do both. Long story short, I ended up finding out that pure math wasn't quite for me, and <laughs> physics definitely wasn't for me, and applied mathematics is a happy union of the two. And so I settled on there, and so far I've been loving the program. <laughs> That's a great answer. So at what point did you decide to declare a minor in Portuguese and Brazilian studies? Um, that has been since the beginning. Uh, I've always had a great appreciation for foreign languages, and I... Uh, have really enjoyed the opportunity I've had to learn what I have of these different languages. And so uh, during that two-year break uh, between college classes and, and uh, high school, what I was able to do is I was able to spend some time doing volunteer service, and I was able to learn the Portuguese language. And it was a wonderful opportunity that I really enjoyed, and I fell in love with not only the language but the culture and the interaction that I was able to have with people from Brazil and other native Portuguese-speaking countries. So when I got home and I needed to go to college again and start living a regular adult life, uh, it was just an easy fit. It was something that I knew I loved and something that I knew I wanted to keep with me throughout the rest of my career and throughout the rest of my life. How does your major, how do your major and your minor interact, if at all? Um, I think that's a very interesting question, and it's one that I have a lot of practice kind of talking through, and I hope that we can enunciate it here well, but I think that math, just as any other subject, can be treated as its own language. In fact, I think it's one of the few universal languages. 
uh, along with music and other things that really can tie a lot of things together. And like any language, when you truly go to understand it at its core, it affects the way that you can view the world around you. It affects how you process incoming information. It gives you another valid and valuable viewpoint with which to process the goings-on in your day-to-day life. And I think that's very similar with language and with culture. I think it's very important for us as individuals to not only take everything through the lens of our own experiences in our own life and the culture that we grow up in, but to familiarize, familiarize ourselves with as many other cultures or languages or points of view as we can. Because I think there's a lot of bias that comes into an equation when you have a limited viewpoint, when you can't process as much information as possible. And by gaining these other viewpoints, we're able to see multiple different facets of the same problem and come to a better and more enriched conclusion in the end. I also see a lot of potential in the future that knowing more than one language will be a great asset to me and to anyone because it allows for a much higher throughput of an exchange of ideas, especially mathematics are really only out here is to continue studying and being a university person for the rest of your life. And being able to have that able to com- that ability to communicate with other institutions, not only in our own field, in our own country, but internationally, is a very valuable asset, I would think. That was a great answer. And I'm sure there are a lot of faculty in this college who would agree and who would want to use that answer to explain it to their students. Well, I will charge a royalty fee, <laughs> but you're welcome to have it. <laughs> So you have been basically involved on campus since you were born, pretty much. Mm -hmm. What have you noticed about the College of Humanities that sets it apart from other colleges, if anything? I have an interesting past and history with the College of Humanities. Uh, During that two-year break where I was gone and doing uh, volunteer service, I was extended the opportunity through the College of Humanities, and not just you, but through the university in general, to have a collection of advisors make my schedule for me, which, as the lazy person I am, seemed amazing. I jumped at the opportunity, I filled out their little survey, and they came to this part where I got to choose if I wanted to be part of a learning community. And they gave me all these options, and they didn't really tell me even names. But there was this one that just stood out, and I was like, I got, I got to do that one because it promised a trip to Italy and a trip to Montana. And I was like, I'm going to sign up. That's my top priority there. Skip forward a couple months, and uh, I'm in this foreign country, and I get this email saying, hey, you've been accepted to be a humanities scholar from someone named Tanya Dressler, who I did not know. And uh, then it said that there was all these things for the College of Humanities. And I had to take the time to write an email to my mother and say, Mom, I got accepted to this great thing. They're offering me a scholarship, but it's for the College of Humanities, and I don't know what that is. Because, I mean, I grew up on campus. I have a lot of experience, but predominantly it was with my mother, who was a ballet. She was a ballet minor and a German major, and uh, her entire career here on campus was working with the lovely people at Tanner Dance Theater. And my father was on campus until I was 12 getting a Ph.D. in engineering. 
So like, that's the experience I had up until that point. My mom promptly laughed at me and explained what the humanities were and said, you know what, I think you're going to like it there. You should just try it out. And honestly, it's been an eye-opening and really, truly wonderful experience. I loved my time with the humanities scholars. It opened up a lot of different avenues in my life that I wasn't even aware were possible. And it gave me a forum in which I could share my opinions, I could be heard and understood, and that I could be welcomed not only for my ideas, but because I wasn't necessarily the same. I sure was majoring outside of the College of Humanities, and that gave me a different viewpoint, a different perspective on many things. And I love the College of Mathematics. We've got a great group there, and it's pretty fun. But at the College of Humanities, it's always kind of felt like home. It's a place I can come and I can share my ideas and my thoughts in an open forum of discussion where many people have differing opinions, but that doesn't matter. We're able to share and communicate. And I think that's necessarily something that's not around as much in more of these hard sciences. In mathematics, we're very concerned about what is the exact answer? What is the true answer? And can you logically prove that to me? Whereas here, logic is nice, and I use it constantly, not only in discussions like this, but in discussions even amongst my fellow housemates up at the humanities house. But it's not the only thing that needs to be there. Opinion and hearsay is also not necessarily valid, but welcome, and we can talk through that. And it leads to a much more enriching and interesting debate and discussion format that I think we lack necessarily in the sciences. The pursuit of truth is not as subjective as it is here. Right, right. At this point, I kind of think you should be our spokesperson <laughs> for the college. So if you want to set some time aside to do that, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm more than happy <laughs> to do whatever I can. What, so far um, in your experience, what has been your favorite course in the humanities or professor? Okay, so they're one and the same. Uh, in my answer to this one. And this is the one that I had to look up because I really wanted to make sure I got the name of this course correctly. Um, so with my minor in uh, Portuguese language and Brazilian culture, we have some wonderful faculty here. I've had the opportunity to take classes from both uh, Professor Seawright and from Professor Lewis, uh, great people. And I know we have some new ones and I haven't gotten to meet them yet since they teach classes that sadly are below what I need to take for my minor, and that's unfortunate. But uh, honestly, I think one of my greatest experiences was last semester in the Contemporary Issues class taught by uh, Professor Lewis. We had this wonderful group. It was one of the largest classes I've been in in our program. There was about 16 students, which is very big for us. Right. It was very Im impressive. Uh, but we had this wonderful course uh, called The Guerrilla for Bivanema, Music of Protest in the Brazilian Dictatorship. Wow. Heavy subject, but it was done so well, the lectures as well as the readings, and it was a music class pretty much, so we just got to listen to a lot of really cool songs from basically the beginning of the samba era and pre-samba to the music of protest during the dictatorship to even we spent a little bit in the very end in modern Brazilian music, like what's happening today. And it was just a great scope of music and selections and viewpoints and going through the different movements of protest and how it was important. 
coupled with some of, I think, the greatest in-class discussion sessions that I've ever had in my life. It was wonderful to see the involvement and just how well all of the students contributed into these different classes and how we were able to have that environment cultivated in the classroom. It was a fantastic experience and I'm really excited this semester. We're only a couple weeks in, but our next contemporary issues class that I'm taking right now is our Brazilian film class. And a lot of us were in that same class last semester. We're all here together again. And it's, we're only four or five weeks in, but it's the same environment. And I think that's what really makes that class work is that it's, we have that environment. Are all the other students, are they minors as well? Um, yes and no. Uh, so in the film class, it's taught in English, and so it has that opportunity to welcome in people that need maybe a film credit or they need a Portuguese credit because they're doing the Latin American Studies major but may not speak sufficient Portuguese for a 4,000-level class. Uh, and so we have some that are from outside there, but the majority of us are either taking this class because we have all the credits we need and just want to keep taking these classes because we keep coming back, not only because of the subject material, but the professors that are teaching them are just outstanding at their jobs. But a lot of us are also minors or are people that should be minors. And every time we start a semester, we're like, oh, yeah, we should do that. And uh, we, we welcome them anyways. <laughs> Can you describe what the biggest roadblock you have encountered in your education has been and how you overcame it or how you are trying to overcome it. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely talk about that. Um, so the biggest roadblock I've found in my personal education um, was really the transition from high school into college and just how it all works. Uh, I had the privilege slash disadvantage of going through uh, all of my uh, public education as one of the gifted students. And while that's great, I mean, it was always, those are some of my favorite classes and some of the greatest things I was able to do. It did cultivate this whole thing of basically from kindergarten until my senior year of high school, I didn't have to study for anything and I got a great grade. Uh, or I did really well on tests. And that's not a healthy habit to have when you go to college. Right. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and it's been something that I think stepping away from school for a couple of years and learning how to actually live a regular adult human life was very good for me. Taking a two-year break, I think, had a tremendous impact on my own emotional and spiritual and mental health and well-being as well as it prepared me for coming back, having now developed a work ethic because I had no other choice, and being able to start working better. Uh, one thing I have run into again now is there, it, college is going to be hard sometimes. Uh, I'm currently taking a class in the Department of Mathematics that this is now my third attempt, and it was all caused on by my own hubris and poor decision-making, but I took it the first time uh, thinking I'd be totally fine, 
but not have necessarily taken all of the recommended prerequisites. I'd taken all the required, none of the recommended. And that was not a good decision. To all those that are listening and <laughs> want to make a better choice than me, always take all recommended prerequisite classes, otherwise you will fail. And I did, in spectacular fashion. Uh, so thinking to myself, oh, I'm a smart individual, I took it again the next semester, but I took the other class as a co-requisite. And I was doing a lot better, and then unfortunately towards the end of last semester I had some medical problems and missed about six weeks of school because I was in bad situation. Uh, came back, didn't fail the class, but I didn't really like my grade. So here we are for take three. <laughs> Finally makes sense. I've been humbled sufficiently to know when to ask for help, and I'm working through it. But schedules get busy. You will probably, if you're in my situation, have to not only be a full-time student, you'll probably need to work a part-time to full-time job as well, uh, just because college and life in general are expensive. And that's been my biggest problem is balancing all these things and really learning not only how to study, but how to study and do all these things efficiently. And it gets hard sometimes and there are things that are out of your control, but if you keep trying and you learn to ask for help, you can pretty much get through anything. We got wonderful faculty here at the U that'll help you out. So where do you see yourself after graduation, five years, 10 years down the road? What would you like to do? Well, I alluded to this earlier. In the profession of applied mathematics, there's not a ton that you can do outside of education, which conveniently for me is exactly what I want to be. So not a problem here. There are a lot of jobs, at least in applied mathematics, in industry as well. So you can go and get a job in different fields. That's the next major decision I have to face is I'm coming towards the end of the just blanket statement, take all these required classes. And now I have to pick kind of a specialization. And there's so many choices that are all so wonderful, and I love them all, and I can't choose. That's my problem right now. But in five to 10 years, I do see myself uh, probably finishing up at graduation and enrolling immediately back into grad school, uh, either here at the U, because we have a great program, and I really enjoy it here. Uh, we have a mentorship thing, so I know a lot of people that have gone straight from here to uh, their master's or PhD in the program through one-on-one -on -one mentorship through our college. And uh, it seems like a great idea. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, and then ultimately my goal is I want to follow in the footsteps of people like my father and others in my family and be a professor. I think that's a great combination of the different talents and skills I have interpersonally as well as in my field. And there's no greater joy I've found in my life than when I've been able to help others and especially been able to teach them something they didn't already know. Because in the process, 100% of the time, I have learned something that I could have never learned otherwise. And that has been an amazing experience. And so that's kind of where I see myself. I hope to get into the industry once I find a specialization and increase my portfolio that way and be able to bring more to the table than when I'm a professor, being able to say, here's what I actually did with all of this information. But I see a lot more school in my future, Jenna, and I'm honestly excited. Well, based on this conversation, I think you'll be a pretty amazing professor. So good luck, and I'm sure you're going to pass your, your course.
Thank with you. flying colors. Thank you so much. <laughs> I've been going to office hours regularly, and I do all of the homework at least two days in advance. <laughs> that was Sam Smith, a Portuguese and Brazilian studies minor here in the College of Humanities. For more information about the college, please visit humanities.utah.edu.